0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Brun. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. If you are a returning listener, thank you and welcome back. I think this is episode 71, season 6, episode 71, I think it is, or 72, I'm not sure. One of those. Because I did an episode previously where I was you know, speaking about a couple of things. But in any case, if you guys have any questions, concerns, kudos, business inquiries, definitely email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at whoseworldisthis2021. That is whoseworldisthis2021 on G- at uh, Instagram. And the Gmail is whoseworldisthis21. Thank you guys again for the donations. Dollar sign June Bow cash app if you want to cash at me that is dollar sign the dollar sign symbol j-u-n-b-e-a-u june Bo. it's also at venmo without the dollar sign it's just at june Bo, j-u-n-b-e-a-u thanks again for the donations thank you again for the uh for the pur- purchasing of the books the journals that you guys have been going to chavezhouse.com there has been an, a slight uptick in traffic I am attributing that to you these listeners you you guys who are part of this ongoing conversation that have stayed along with me since last February since February of last year we are 12 months and some change and counting okay we are not stopping and the conversations change because the world changes but oftentimes sometimes the more the world changes the more it stays the same that's why it's important that we do these origin stories on this sh- particular platform where I, I sort of take us outside of our present and current events narratives and say, hey, what's the origin story to this? It may not be popular, it may not be provocative, it may make some people uncomfortable, but to make the sort of informed decisions that we need to make for ourselves and for future generations, this information is extremely necessary. It's necessary. You're informed. You're either misinformed, uninformed, malinformed, informed. Which one do you want to be? We've had this conversation over the last <clears throat> several episodes. Um, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Like I said, I'm doing this one. This is a brief because I wish I kind of put these numbers into play with the last uh, uh, cast that I did um, when I spoke about. All the refugees that have before the Ukrainian crisis, before the million or so people that were, were um, that are leaving and fleeing Ukraine right now. I forgot I neglected to give the actual numbers of the displaced populations across the planet um, before this Ukrainian crisis. Let me just give you guys a brief overview. There have been 84 million forcibly displaced people worldwide. 84 million. That's estimated to be one in every 95 people. Where did I get that information from, you may ask? What, I think it was the the United Nations Refugee Commission, matter of fact, the 84 million, okay? Okay. So they broke down the numbers because I've, I've looked at these numbers and it's relatively the same across a lot of different agencies and things like that. Some have it higher. Some have it up to 100 million. Some people have it way more. So I'm just going to use this as a reference point. It's saying that 48 million people are internally displaced people in their in their home countries, just all over the place, bombed and just trying to get out or whatever. 26 million are refugees as of mid 2021. 48 million are internally displaced as of the end of 2020. 26.6 million are refugees as of mid 2021. 4.4 million are asylum seekers as of mid 2021. And listen, it's funny. It's interesting that this last one. I have to stop for a moment. <clears throat> I have a great respect for Venezuela, Um, its history, the revolutions that have occurred all throughout its history. Um, I don't know a lot of Venezuelans. I know a few. But in recent years, I know many, many, I know several Venezuelans that have been displaced. And I mentioned Venezuela without actually knowing the numbers. I'm just going off of my anecdotal, off of my personal experiences and knowing what I know of the country and the little scant information that the media tells me. I didn't look so far into it, but I knew that the Venezuelan people were going through it via sanctions, via uh, uh, um, corruption, via external factors, meddling in their affairs, helping to create and foment a, an environment of destabilization and, and instability. And so I knew there were a lot of people displaced. I knew because I know people that are from Venezuela that are now in Colombia that are trying to get to the United States and they don't know what to do next. They don't know their homeland for generations is they don't know what to do. And my heart goes out to them. So when I looked at these numbers, I did a double take because I didn't know it was this many. According to this report, 3.9 million are Venezuelans displaced abroad. A total of 5.1 million Venezuelans have left their country as of mid-2021, including 186,000 refugees, 952,000 asylum seekers, and 3.9 million are displaced abroad. I know a few of them that are displaced abroad that happen to have been fortunate enough to land with some people that are good people and it's working out for others. It's not working out so well. 84 million people. This is before the Ukraine. Okay. This is before the Ukraine. This is the people in Afghanistan and Syria and Ethiopia and the Rohingya people in Myanmar and, and, all of these other places. This is what's been going on. What I'm and they're getting different treatments at these borders And let me tell you something, their conditions are even more hellish than the conditions that are being faced. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the compare and contrast as to who's suffering more, the suffrage contest. Oh, yeah, we we went through this, but they're going through that. I don't want to do that. All I'm saying is it's interesting what gets people up. Like I said in, in a couple of previous episodes, it's important that we check our biases, check them. Do it do an audit. Do a diagnostic. Do a do a do a a moral MRI on yourself and take a look. Because what are we doing about that? While I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting calls from everyone. What are we gonna do about the Ukrainians? And I'm sitting there going, as a person of Haitian descent, I go, huh. And who feel for everyone. You hear how I speak. I'm speaking about what goes on in Yemen, uh, uh, Syria, Venezuela, Cuba. If you are displaced, I don't care what your nationality is, color, creed, religion, economic or political affiliations or not, your religious belief. I don't care. I I side with those that are not being treated judiciously, that are the victims of a double standard and not the beneficiary. I side with the victims of double standards. I side with them. Not just because, I don't side with you because you're poor or you're broke or you're this. No, if you're the if if I notice that you're in a position that you're in because of a double standard and someone else is the beneficiary, I go, wait a minute, what's up with this right here? What's up with this? Are we gonna do something about that? Or what, what, what? All I do is compare and contrasts. That's what I do. So it doesn't matter. But I notice, and I've noticed it, and I've said it, I've used some very, I would say, generalized broad language in the several episodes to describe the double standards that exist. <laughs> what gets us up, what gets us riled, what provokes us, what triggers us. Notice that. All of a sudden, Russia going into Ukraine's triggering us. Not very triggered about what's going on in Libya, that it's a failed state. Hmm, Somalia, eh, Haiti. Venezuela, hmm, Syria, eh, <laughs> you know, you sound like an instrument, it's like mm, eh, mm, eh, huh, whatever, people getting pushed, uh, oh, a bunch of uh, African refugees drowned in the middle of the uh, sea trying to get to France, eh, eh what are you going to do, they need to fix their own country, what are you going to do, that's the rhetoric what are you gonna do? you know, if you stay at home, you know, people have their own issues, you know, you can't just go into another person's country. that's a that's a crime. Uh, I hear all of these other equivocations being used. huh? Why are we going over there? We don't need to be over there in this certain particular area. Let them handle it themselves. Then all of a sudden this occurs. And I'm hearing we, the same people that were saying, Let's not intervene over there, but no, let's intervene over here saying we, we need. That word we has been in my head for seven days straight. We. And I go back to Ed Bernays' propaganda. I go back to public relations and how the government gets people to align with their interests, even though the interests of the government and the banks and the military oftentimes are not ala- aligned with the interests of the people on the ground. But once they get you to say we, they win, you lose. You lose. We that's the word they're looking for. So when I heard it, it triggered, I hate that word. It's a millennial word, but it triggered something. I heard we, yeah, we got to do something, right, Jim? What you think? Like, we? We? I, I think I remember a, a Fresh Prince episode where the judge, um, big guy, and I think Will said said we in a sentence, and the judge just looked at him. His Uncle Phil looked at him just laughing like, we? And just in tears Like we, and just walked walked out the room. I think he was saying we. That's how I felt when I heard the word we. I was, I laughed. It was a sarcastic, cynical laugh, and it was also, it was also uh, something very sad about it at the same time. The we, but then I understood it on a deeper context when I think of how much work our institutions do how hard they work day in and day out with the things you eat what you buy the colors that they use your 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 your, your, your sports games your 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 nationally televised uh, uh, sporting events how they use your military your flags your everything to get you to acquiesce to this sort of blind patriotism yeah i said it this blind patriotism Lack of critical thinking, lack of critique, lack of dissent. We. (laughs) Just we. Like, you're not going to question what's going on. You're not going to say, hey, uh, uh, how'd this all start? Who started this? You know, when you see a fight in a schoolyard, you're a teacher or something like that, and you see two kids fight. Hey, who started? What happened? Both of you in the office. What happened? Come with me. What happened? And then you speak to one, one at a time. Go, okay, what happened? Tell me. I want to hear your side first. Okay. Then you hear the other side second. And then you come in and then you go, okay. And then you see what's matching up. We don't do that. We just go, we? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I, I... <sighs> 84 million. People displaced as of 2021, not 2022. As of 2021, the last figures out of mid-2021 were 84 million. 25 to 30% of those are children, by the way, just so you know. You do the math. Just saying. So you know there's displacement. There's also human trafficking for child labor, for sexual trafficking all of that. So forgive me if I don't think that what's going on in Russia is World War 3 or Ukraine is World War 3. Forgive me if I when I look at these numbers in our so-called civilized mechanized world where where you have people just going to the moon like it's a spirit flight to Vegas. In this mechanized world that we live in, eighty-four million people are displaced. Thirty percent of them are children, and a, a large percent of those children will be—will be, boys and girls will be sold into sex slavery, never to be seen again. Okay. Okay. So when I'm hearing this war pornography from the polite left. On the radio and online and the, and, the, and, the, and on the right, the rude right and the polite left, and I hear all of the oh oh what's what's Putin doing what's oh my gosh and and you know the let, 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 let's get on the phone with the Ukrainian mother right now and etc et etc cetera, et cetera, and I go hmm, yeah, it's a shame. do I empathize with with what's going on in U- in the Ukraine one thousand percent. One thousand percent. My heart goes out to those people the same way my heart goes out to the Haitians that are on the border. And those are my countrymen. The same way my heart goes out to the Haitians that are on the border of Mexico right now that had to had to go through several countries through South America and go through Central America just to get to the Mexican border and get there and have the United States say, "Okay, we're going to put you on a plane Bye-bye, Franz. Bye-bye, Jean-Pierre. Bye-bye, Solange. Bye-bye, Marie-Jean Baptiste. Take your behinds back to your country. Get out of here. The same way my heart goes out to them as my heart goes out to those Ukrainian people that didn't didn't sign up for these war games between the U.S. and all of this. But guess what? And I'll say it again, people. For the better part of the 20th century, and for the, and for the 21st century these war games between the United States and Russia and China and all other parties happens usually in other countries that are not the United States and are not Russia other people other countries other state actors other citizens pay the price when elephants collide it's the grass that suffers So when these superpower elephants are colliding, it's the grass, the people that suffer. They suffered in Cambodia. They suffered in Vietnam. They suffered in Korea. They suffered in South America. They suffered in the Caribbean. They suffer in South and Central and North and East and West Africa. They suffer while these power structures, while these these elephants collide and move on. U.S., you don't feel anything within the contiguous United States. Your roads are paved. Your drive through windows are open. Your all-you-can-eat buffets are fine. Your unlimited data plans are, are going without hiccup. You understand? But it's other countries that are played as pawns. If you think that Ukraine is not just a pawn being used by the United States and Russia together, it's a pawn. It's in the middle, literally middle of this. And those people on the ground didn't put up put it put in for that. Those are leaders in the ineptitude of leadership that leads to war. And then oftentimes it's also the people, blind patriotism also. We need to do something. Like, whoa. Whoa, we need to maybe fall back a little bit. We need to stop pointing ICBMs at other people 20, 30 years after the Cold War ends. What do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you want to have that conversation? I don't know. The reason why I'm still bringing it up is because it's, it's the things that I've said were prescient because I was mentioning them a week ago. And now a week later, reports are coming out. Oh, what's going on at the border? Oh, are we forgetting about all the other things that are going on? And are we domestically the United States is in sh- economies are in shambles in certain states? You understand that we have certain failed states within the United States. We have failed cities. There are ghost town after ghost town after ghost town, and that was pre-pandemic. We could have had this conversation. All the malls that are shut down—that's pre-pandemic. The, the the mini mall and the shopping center and the plazas that lay dormant and empty and for some odd reason we can't get labor together with developers or and you're saying and home ownership you have skyrocketing costs of home ownership but yet you have or on rental and home but yet you have abandoned plazas people want jobs. People want to start businesses, but yet you have abandoned plazas with parking spaces and electricity and plumbing and a grid in place. And they are, and they are strategically placed in, 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 in hubs and busy centers in, in, in certain cities and towns and counties which would be perfect for housing and new business opportunities. Maybe a more communal way, chop up those square footage, create some communal sort of uh, uh, office space situations or something like that. And now what do you have with people working remotely? People don't need as much office space as before. So maybe you just create virtual meeting rooms. And maybe instead of charging that 3500 you were charging for one unit, you charge $300 for this 200 square feet with a little table and some chairs and a television and, 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 a, and a screen for PowerPoint presentations. Hey, let's start thinking, people. This was pre-pandemic. Malls were closing down dozens per day. Anchor stores are closing. And when an anchor store closes, what's an anchor store, a store like Macy's. Macy's, for all you guys in the United States, know Macy's is like an anchor store. If you have Macy's in your plaza, it's the anchor. People come to Macy's and then they'll drift off into the other stores. Stores like Home Depot, or if you have a, a, a supermarket like a Publix or a Kroger's or or ShopRite or a Pathmark, that's considered a, uh, a an anchor store. But what happens when your anchor stores say, oh, we, we're not getting enough business or this or these malls, we're, we're making money, but we're not making enough money uh, to sustain all these other businesses that are, you know, in our complex so then one minute it's a massage envy. the next minute it's a Jamba Juice, the next minute it's something else, the next minute it's a CrossFit Center. The is every time you turn around, that store next to the supermarket is something different. Oh, it's a vitamin store now. Oh, now it's a CBD store. Now it's, a, it's like, what's going on? No continuity, no consistency because you're not giving the community what it wants because you built these big behemoths that are not serving the actual people that live in these neighborhoods because these big... Plazas are separate and apart from the communities that they're in. So, why don't you use them and repurpose them? Housing. Like I said, little business centers and housing, things like that. Figure it out. But we're not doing that. So, forgive me when I say that. When I'm watching Russia and the United States playing war games in a third country, that's called proxy war. That's been the modus operandi for almost 100 years. We're going on almost a century of this. Actually, we're going in about 60 plus, 70 years of this. Of this. Okay? So, like I said, the band plays on. The more things change, the more things stay the same. So I feel as if the older I get, the more I learn, the more experience I have, the less outraged I am at things. And the more measured i am in my responses and i don't want to say i'm cynical but the more i realize that what happened isn't going to change if i may say that you know the the more i realize that that's not going to change that's who we are that's where we are and that's where we are going to remain as a species for a while. Our upper mammalian minds have not evolved past the point where violence is not an option. Like I said, me and I am not a pessimist. I've said it before. I am a warrior in a garden. And it, it, like the old saying says, I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I keep my mind sharp. I keep my guns loaded for things that may occur. I know the ugliness of man. All you have to do is you don't have to look at recent history. I don't need to do a Black History Month report or a report on imperialism to show you 84 million people forcibly displaced as of mid-2021. 25% of those are children. And a significant portion of them are going to be forced into child labor and sex slavery. I don't need to look past the present to see the ugliness of man. Okay. Okay. And I don't need to look past the present to see how man can say that's not a big deal, but this is a big deal. You're a refugee that counts. You're one that doesn't. You get to get a seat on the bus. You don't. Sound familiar? The more things change, the more things stay the same. Hmm? All of a sudden, these darker people that are looking for a seat on the bus because they're refugees as well, they should hold the same standing. They're leaving a place that is in, in in is in, is at war at the moment, not impending war. Bombs are dropping right now. And they're on the same path to safety as everyone else. And then it's like, wait, 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 wait. Not you guys. Not you. Sound familiar? <laughs> so I don't need to go to the past and be like, oh, I remember Oh, I remember hearing stories about 1959 and this was going on in 1938. No, 2022. Hmm? March 2022. Not 1922. Not 1822. Not 1619 six, nine, project. I don't need to do all that. Right now. 2022, right now, March. That's what's going on. 3.9 million, 5.1 million Venezuelans running around trying to find, left their homes, not because they wanted to, okay. And the reason why I bring up Venezuela is just, I, I, like I said, United States, Hugo Chavez, Hugo was leaning towards Russia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Boom, proxy. Who got hurt? Venezuelan people. Who got hurt? Venezuelan people. Proxy war. Boom. Economic proxy war. Bang. There you go. Now you have in Ukraine, military proxy war. Boom. million people are going to be displaced in in the Ukraine. At least a million are going to be flooding borders. So I guess we need to start the Ukrainian fund because I did a cash app for Haitians. For a while a couple of friends of mine sent some nice money to me and i did a cash app for haitians so i would be hypocritical if i didn't do the same thing for ukrainians so i'm probably going to start something along those lines i wanted to get to the border of mexico and haiti i'm sorry mexico and the united states and see what was going on i didn't get an opportunity to because duty called and i had to actually you know make some money but i did what i could i sent some money to some people that I knew in Haiti that I knew do good work and I knew the, the money that I did send was going to go to people that were actually going to put it to use on the ground and it wasn't just going to go into somebody's foundational pocket, into their coffers. Hmm? Like BLM. BLM has $60 million that no one wants to touch. Did you hear what I just said, guys? The United States Black Lives Matter movement is sitting on $60 million worth of donations and no one wants to claim leadership and wants to claim ownership of that money. The department of justice is saying, Hey, what's up? What's up? Who wants to claim this money? No one wants to, when was the last time no one wanted to claim 60 mil? That makes you a powerful player in the, in the political sphere in the United States. If you're sitting on $60 million in donations, that's a lot of money. No one wants to touch it. See what I'm saying? So when I got those donations, I was going to give it to this uh, 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 organization in Houston that was, uh, uh, you know, supposedly, you know, taking in Haitians. And I said to myself, why am I doing that? I don't know them. I don't know them. It sounds like they're doing good work from where I'm sitting, but I'm not sitting in Houston, am I? Hmm. I might as well drive to Houston fly to Houston and put that money right in the pockets of the people on the ground that are at the border and be like, hey, listen, I'm giving this money to this family right here. I'm... Or the people that I do know that are active in Haiti and the people that have been displaced that are still in Haiti and displaced that, that didn't have the means to leave and travel all throughout South America through jungles, through dirt, through discrimination, through everything, through dangers, peril, through attempted rapes through starvation, through everything, get through there, then get through Central America, then get through all of big Mexico, and then you end up at the border just for Joseph R. Biden and Kamala to say bye-bye, bye bye Jean-Pierre, bye Marie-Jean, bye-bye, go home. Sorry, there's no room here. You're committing a crime. You go on the forums or you hear about it, they're committing a crime. They're committing a crime. Yeah, they need to go fix their own country. Yeah. I know. I know they do. You're right. Do you want to know the ingredients to the Haitian uh, uh, rice and beans that the United States has con- contributed to the to the realities on the ground there? We don't need to go into that. And most people don't care. They're ambivalent to that information. They're blind to the facts. They don't want to know. Maybe Roger Ailes is right. Maybe Roger Ailes is right. The, 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 the uh, now deceased founder of Fox News. Maybe Americans just want to feel informed and not truly be informed. Maybe. Hmm? I don't know. That's why I pose these questions, and that's why I always give out my email. Always. I go, hey, maybe, because I, I say certain things, and I go, hey, I, I want answers. I want answers. You know? Because I don't see us evolving as a human species. There's an argument that we might have peaked. And maybe Albert Einstein was right. Our technology has far surpassed our humanity. Maybe he was right. I don't know. But when I look at the world, when I look at things going on, and this is pre-Ukraine. This is pre-pandemic world. Okay, it's like, hey, what's going on? What are we doing? And then you look at the world now. You know, you ask yourself, How would we be if our grid just went... What would we be doing right now? Hmm? I want everybody out there to take a moment that's still listening to me, that didn't just turn me off and say, June's just rambling on meddling on... If our grid goes down right now, and what I mean by grid, I mean internet, electricity, everything goes in the United States. Let's say we have a not... Not the same level of, not a war, but let's say there's a malfunction, there's a hack, some outside or even inside actors decided, you know what, we're going to just bring down the U.S. grid. And now all of a sudden our supermarkets are, there's a line eight blocks long at the gas stations, the supermarkets, you have no internet, um, you know, you, 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 your, your, your towers aren't working, your electricity isn't working. Your water is connected to your electricity sometimes, so sometimes you're not getting enough. What happens to us? What happens? If our grid goes down for, say, a week, you think we'd be okay? You know, like how other countries don't have, you know, remember, I, I visit third world countries that don't have indoor plumbing, that don't have electricity, <laughs> that use lanterns and candles, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So there are places that live like that regardless, that their supermarket is not well air-conditioned and these just clean, long aisles of just packaged goods on both sides, eight feet tall. I mean, your the aisle is taller than Shaq. Can't even reach some of the stuff on the height. And I'm five, whatever, 11 or whatever the case. I'm like, yo, I can't reach this box of Cheerios up there. Like, the heck? You know? But, um, so what if we had for a moment a third world grid do you think that we would do you think that we would that would end peacefully that we would be okay or do you think that we would descend into some sort of barbarity how long do you think it would take 24 hours 48 hours 72 Hmm? a full week five days a five-day work week seven days a month how long do you think it would take Because I I wonder about us as a people. I wonder when I see the apathy, when I see the ambivalence, when I see certain things, I, I wonder, who are we really? Because the only way to know is a stress test. The only way to know how strong you are in the gym is to put up some weight. You know, how much weight can you put up? is you straining and straining and pushing your body to the limit. And then you go, yeah, I can put up this much weight. This is where I'm at. This is what I can do 10 times. This is what I can do five times. This is what I can do twice. And this is what I can, this is my quote, unquote max. What's our max? What's our moral and spiritual max? I wonder. Because of the things that we allow to occur, that... And the information that I'm getting, I'm not digging in the crates. I'm not doing a wiki. This is not a WikiLeak cable communiqué that I'm reading to you. 84 million displaced. This is from the United Nations. Um, oh, what's the what's the name of this site? Uh, United N- UN Refugee Agency. Hmm. UN Refugee Agency, and their numbers are problematic because I think the numbers are higher. But I'm just saying. Hmm. They're accounting 84 million. Forty. Okay, so I'm I'm not going. I'm not I'm not running around. You know, getting secret envelopes being handed to me like Fox Mulder. That's not what's going on. The information I get is the information everyone has access to. You know it's not an X file. So then I have to ask myself, who are we? What's our What's our moral and spiritual max? It's it's it. The, the reason why no one can call me a cynic because a friend of mine called me a cynic. I said, if I was a cynic, I wouldn't be doing my broadcast. If I was a cynic, I wouldn't be doing my book. If I was a cynic, if I was a cynic, if I were a cynic, I would not be writing in my journal. I would not be trying to improve. I would not be looking to illuminate, elucidate, inform, and help improve the lives of people around me and people that I'll probably never meet. I wouldn't be looking to touch lives of people that I would never, ever be in contact with, possibly. There are people that are listening to this broadcast right now that are not going to email me. They're not going to follow me on Instagram. They're They're just listening, and for whatever reason, it's impacting them. And we have a connection. So if I were a cynic, I wouldn't believe in that connection. if I were a cynic, I wouldn't be searching far and wide for my tribe and using this as a beacon to do so. Sort of like a bat signal, like I'm throwing it out there in the sky. If you see it, come through. If you're with the stuff we're talking about, and if you like where we're going, if you like where it's headed, and you're trusting me with your ears, then come on aboard. So I'm not a cynic. However, (laughs) I am looking at... My species (laughs) with the side eye, like, yo, man, we have to do better. I'm not entirely sure we are going to do better. I'm actually surprised. I was talking to a very good friend of mine the other day on the phone, and I said, dude, I'm surprised that we are as orderly as we are considering. And he said, considering what? I said, just considering maybe my perception of us, maybe not considering anything that's actual fact maybe my perception of mankind is man we can be a brutal bunch i said but at times you know we all sit at that red light together in the u.s right we just sit there wait for it to turn green that's it and then it turns green even if it's the middle of the night no one's watching no one's around There's no cars intersecting and in the crossway we just but then we wait Or my house you know my car my right now it's the middle of the day my car alarm isn't on my car is My windows are halfway down and i'm okay with that my if my front door is not locked right now you i usually lock it i'm still okay but granted i'm i've staged several firearms all throughout my house i'm never not within two three steps of a firearm in my own place that's just how i move but um hidden very well but i know where it is and that's all that's important and my fiance does too but um but yeah, if someone decides that they they have less than honorable intentions, well, like like the great Wolverine once said, "You picked the wrong house, bub. This ain't the place. <laughs> this ain't the time nor the place that I'm definitely not the one." So, all right, too bad for you. But in any case, um, I think about that. Like, you know, are we are we gonna make it? And people ask me, "June, are we gonna make it?" I said, eh, "You know, you know, every day is an adventure." You know, because, you know, we have the luxury of people hate this term, but we have the luxury of first world problems. These things don't happen on our borders. The United States makes sure, well, does a great job in ensuring that all of the foolery that it does worldwide doesn't touch our shores per se. It may touch the hearts and minds in some way, shape or form of the people here, but it doesn't. And sometimes it doesn't even do that. Most times it doesn't do that at all, but it doesn't touch us physically. And it and then it um, uh, uh, shapes and frames how it touches us mentally and psychologically. So it does a very effective job of that. Kudos. Kudos, you know, to the US. Kudos to us. Maybe we'll make it, you know, maybe we won't. We shall see. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll be here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for emailing me at whoseworldisthis one at gmail. Dot com. Thank you for following us on Instagram at whoseworldisthis2021. Thank you for the cash apps once again. Dollar sign, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's dollar sign June Bow. Thank you for the Venmos too, June Bow. Uh, thank you for Chavezhouse.com. Obviously, I'm very happy about that. Um, thank you. We're expanding. Like I said, more conversations. Um, um, the things that are going on. If, if I have a certain amount of knowledge on it or a perspective, I will share it with you. You know, um, all I ask in return is that you take in the information. Um, t- for a moment, if you can suspend your dogmas, suspend your bias, suspend and take for a moment, f- say for a moment, say to yourself, what if I'm wrong? To yourself, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about this particular thing? Exercise that. That's what debates are about. If you've ever taken a debate class or have ever had to debate, the number one thing you had to do was attack your own premise. I boxed and and, and I practiced martial arts. I had to see if I do this, how are they going to be able to counter what I'm doing? So I had to be prepared for the counter. That's how you perfect the strike. It's like, okay, I have to perfect it. How do... And so it's the same thing when you are having a conversation or you have a premise, you have an idea, you have an opinion, you've made a decision about a particular thing. You have to say, if someone were to believe the absolute opposite of what I believe, what would that sound like? What would that look like? What if I'm wrong? And how can I prove what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I I can't remember who said it. Um, Man, I wish I remembered. Sometimes I have so many quotes in my head from things that I read. Um, I feel I've been a, I've been a meme for a long time, <clears throat> been a walking meme way before memes were a thing. I can't remember who said it, but it was said that um, if you can neither prove or disprove your argument, what's the purpose of even it, it's not a, it's not a conversation worth having. There are a lot of people out there that believe certain things that can neither be proven or disproven. And then at that point, it's like, what what are we talking about? Then why are we having this conversation? This is a circle. If we're trying to get to a point, then we can't use circular logic to get there. You cannot prove or disprove. So if you have a particular premise that you believe in, you're listening to me and you're saying, "Mm, June, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, but no. What if you're wrong? Take a second. What if you're wrong? What if you're absolutely wrong? What would that look like? And if you are absolutely right, give me the dates, times, facts, and figures that prove your point. Because I'm giving you dates, times, facts, figures most times. Sometimes it's a bit hyperbolic, I'll I'll admit. And oftentimes, like I said, I'll play devil's advocate and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not arguing a point or I'm not uh, presenting a premise that I agree with. I'm just presenting a premise that I feel is necessary to make an informed decision on a particular topic. Okay? So sometimes I may say something that, yeah, it's not my belief, but I believe... To be truly informed on the subject, this is um, a, a, a a a a least parroted, least spoken about premise that's necessary. Am I wrong? Am I right that it's it, maybe it's not? Maybe it's unnecessary. Maybe it's moot. Maybe it, it's inconsequential. Possibly, but in any case, I introduce it anyway. Right, and then we'll see. We'll see if it's actually consequential or not. Ah. <sighs> The world, man, as I talk to you guys right here, it's an interesting place. I love it. That's why I travel. That's why the name of this platform is Whose World Is This? These things that we speak about cement the premise you know it's consistent with what we're trying to do is connect people when i when i'm telling you that people from the netherlands are reaching out to me about people in the ukraine and i'm trying to find my friend right now he's a really good guy and we had great conversations he and i especially we had amazing conversations and he really wanted to talk to me because he said he said june you're one of the first americans he said I've, I've traveled all over europe but you're one of the first americans that i've that i've met and i'm one of the few black people he's ever met he's met some africans but to meet a, a, a black american in the flesh he was just i could tell he was a bit enamored so he'd asked me very probing questions How is it in the states i said depends on what you mean and we we, we actually had a couple of moments where he and I were just talking and guess what? And then a couple of days later, there was a Russian female volunteer and they started speaking and I started asking them a ton of questions about Ukraine and Russia because it's a, it's a part of the planet. It's a part of the world that I've been enamored with. I wanted to be, I wanted to go to Moscow a couple of years ago, about two, three years ago. I was going to go to Rwanda for a while. I think it was Rwanda. And then I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to bounce around Africa for a hot second and then shoot to Russia. That was the plan until, couple of things fell through that was the plan why for no reason it's just because you know um when i was in germany uh, years ago i wanted to go to uh, moscow but i ran out of money <laughs> you know so i wanted to go to st petersburg moscow hang out and stuff and all of that and, uh, but i didn't get a chance to it's all right um w- we'll see hopefully um hopefully i'll be able to go there i feel the same way about iraq i was supposed to go study in mesopotamia and, and iraq for a while and um didn't happen um and then you know, a couple of months later, it was kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. You know, this was years and years ago. I was like, I'm going to Iraq. I'm going to hang out. People were like, what? Who says that? Who says, yo, I'm going to Iraq, man. It's dope. I'm going to go hang out and chill. The Iraqis relax in Baghdad. You know, no one says that. But I was saying it like, yo, yo, it's, it's, come on, man. A lot of our math and science comes from the Middle East. As a matter of fact, we don't have any calculus, any algebra, any trig without Africans, black Africans and the Middle East. Facts. That's the home and the origins, the mother and father of our math and sciences are in these regions. I want to check that vibe out, see what's popping. Didn't get a chance to. And I hope that doesn't happen to Russia. I hope that I get a chance to go. I hope it doesn't turn into a situation where it's like, oh, man, I really wanted to go to Moscow and hang out and chill. And now there's no more Moscow. Moscow is now gone or something. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I feel bad for the Ukrainians. I feel bad for the Russians. I feel bad for the United the troops that are going to go over there. I feel bad for those quote those NATO quote-unquote peacekeeping troops that are going to be there, allied forces from other countries. I feel bad. You know, but 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 this is what it is. This is the nature of man as it plays out. I feel like an ER doctor where it's like, okay, you're triaging one bullet wound, a knife wound, a heart attack, and this, that, and the third, and that was your night. And then you take off the gloves. You take off your surgical cap and your mask. You wash your hands and your face, and you go get a drink. And you go do it again tomorrow. Or you're a, or you're a, or you're a detective, In a high in a high crime area, in let's say New York City or parts of Chicago, et cetera, and you're like, hey, one stabbing, one shooting, one homicide, one this, one child abuse case, this, that, and the third, and you got to find a way to go. Yeah, this 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 ain't everybody, (laughs) and you do your part. You feel you hope to do your part to improve the lot of the world around you. To improve your lot to improve not only your lot in life, but to improve maybe the conditions of people around you. So this is the burden of knowledge. This is the burden. Knowledge in having the, a, a certain levels of understanding may separate me from the pack, so to speak, and it becomes burdensome and becomes solitary because I can't have the same conversation that everyone else is having, so it pushes me away from the actual pack. Right? You know, it's like a detective can't have the same conversation about the world as everybody else. Their world is different for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. The What I read, what I've experienced in my life from NY to the Caribbean to Florida to other parts. Um, and then how I view the world that I'm in, how I view identity politics. It puts me in. I get to relate to everyone, but not everyone gets to relate to me. <laughs> If that even makes sense, you know, I can relate to everyone. I get where people are coming from, but they sometimes don't like, I don't get it. June, you're this nationality, but you don't do this. You don't pray to that. You don't um do this. You don't partake. I don't know what box to put you in. I'm not looking to put anyone else in a box, but. All the times people are looking to see, well, June, where are you on this? And if they see that I'm nuanced, it's like, man, I, I can't categorize them. So things and people and, and, and ideologies that can't just be put in a particular space and hold a place so somebody can just easily categorize it and easily reference it. People oftentimes stray away from things, ideas, and people that they can't easily reference or categorize. And I cannot be easily referenced or categorized. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I'm some Dr. Strange, Dr. Manhattan type. That's not me. I'm not even borderline brilliant. I'm just a guy who read a couple of reads between the lines. That's it. And sometimes that makes people uncomfortable because they've invested or they have been invested. They've been indoctrinated, invested, embedded into one way of looking at things. And here I come going, eh, what if you're wrong? (laughs) what if you're wrong what if you're completely wrong how would that make you feel people are like yo listen man i don't want to deal with that right now i'm going through a breakup i'm trying to get this new job and this is june talking about what if i'm wrong man i gotta be right about something something can i put something in an easily referenced categorized box don't sit there listening to june nothing is real (laughs) end up listening to this cat (laughs) but you know what ends up happening if you listen to me long enough and you and you partake in the things i'm saying it makes you less nervous about the world I'm telling you. So you get to see things that are going on in TV and the things that they're telling you that you're supposed to be up in arms about, and you're not. You go, okay, yeah, I remember when such and such. You go back into the things that you've referenced and categorized and you've put in a particular box and you look at it and you looked at the patterns and you saw the patterns and you, you, you actually did all of the calculations and you go, yeah, well, uh, well, not all of the calculations, but enough not to get riled up. Our ignorance and our fear will be the, you know, the death of us because it always is (laughs) ignorance and fear oftentimes is the death of people. You know, it's important to arm yourself with knowledge and understanding. It's important that you take in new ideas if you, if, you, if all of your friends are parroting the same rhetoric over and over again, then you got to get some newer friends. Keep those friends and then add some on and then put everybody in a room like a Royal Rumble or in a ring and let them let have at it. That's the only way you're going to grow. So you can't just sit in a room with the same family members that have been saying the same thing with the same friends that have been saying the same thing. You got to add new members. You have to add new ideas. And if you can't add new members... Add new ideas. I I read this new book. Bring it up to the table. Be like, hey, guys, I read this new book on such and such. You know what they say? Their premise is that the such and such that we were thinking and saying all this time isn't actually real because there's evidence to the contrary. Blah, 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 blah. What do you guys think about that? And let the room have at it. And don't be afraid of the discussion. That's where we are right now. In any case, guys, I think that's all the time we have for today. This has been a great conversation call you guys later. Later. Be safe.